Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily and welcome back to Indianapolis and the world famous convention center hosting the NFL Combine this week and Jeremy Birmingham and myself, Austin Ward, are here to cover it. The Ohio State contingent uh, has arrived and it was kicked off with Zach Harrison on Wednesday morning. A lot of talk about his career, summing it up, four years, the decision to stick around for that fourth year, being close on sacks, nearly knocking the ball out of Stetson Bennett's hand on the final drive of the Peach Bowl, uh, and then a couple conversations about some Ohio State defensive linemen on the way up. It was, you know, not Zach Harrison necessarily uh, open mic and full throttle, uh, as we've seen just a couple times throughout his career, but certainly good stuff and taking this pretty seriously because he's got a lot at stake this week, Burn, There's a, there's people expecting him to run really well later uh, on Thursday uh, and potentially propel himself with a good time into the first round. We'll see how that goes, but... A uh, huge week for somebody who gave uh, four interesting years to Ohio State. I've never been to a combine before. Um, so I'm, one thing I'm looking forward to seeing is how these guys are rain-free, essentially, without like the SIDs <laughs> hounding them and making sure they don't say things they're not supposed to say because now they can say whatever they want. I mean, it just affects their NFL future, no big deal. Um, <laughs> I think for Zach, it, it's just, you know, you could look at that last play against Georgia, the near sack, and that wasn't the last play, but as a microcosm, really, of his entire career, like he flashed quickness, speed, power, got there, and then just short. And I think that really sums up what most Buckeyes fans will look back on his entire career and say, well, he was really good at times, but then he was just short a lot of times. And the expectations, and he talked about it, the guys he looked up to were Chase and, and Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa, and that's what it should say. But Fairly or unfairly, he's always going to be measured against those guys, and um, it's not really fair. Yeah. So, but you know, I think the cool thing is we get to watch these guys and see where they've come, and especially for me, a guy like Zach, who I started talking to when he was a sophomore in high school, like to see him now up there, and like that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to this week. Whenever we do get an actual chance to talk to the kids themselves, away from all the lights and cameras, if we do get that chance, mm-hmm. just to see how if they realize how close they are now to like everything they've worked for their whole life, and that's pretty cool experience it's, it's neat to watch it uh, unfold yeah i didn't i didn't expect him to in that scenario that we were in with you know 50 people and 10 cameras to like really dive into i asked him about the number of times throughout his career that people at you know he almost sacks and the near play again in the peach bowl and the last drive that he played uh in scarlet and gray like if he felt that he never got enough credit for the other things that he did at a very high level Uh, he's one of the you know a year ago as a junior he was uh, the most effective player for Ohio State against the run and he imagine what that defense would have looked like without him uh, anchoring one of those spots like it's like well you know if if I didn't get enough credit for that outside there's nothing I can do about it like inside the locker room other people who know ball and certainly to the, the talent evaluators and coaches that are walking around here saw the impact that he ha- did have, and it was better than most defensive ends in the country. Yeah. Was it the same as Chase Young and Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa? No, it certainly was not, uh, and not as sustained as I think many people expected when he was coming out of high school with that you know, five-star tag and being a local product and all the expectations that were heaped on him. Like, but he had a very good career, and I think the part that maybe frustrates Ohio State fans is what we've talked about that, like, you sh- it's fair to also appreciate what Zach Harrison did. Yeah. And then we'd say, well, the next year he can take the next step and the next step. Like 
probably the best football Zach Harrison will play will be in the NFL level. And I can certainly understand why Ohio State fans would be like pretty bitter, feel bittersweet about that. Yeah, but that's that's what happens in the world of, of recruiting rankings. And this is why, I mean, I remember saying back in 2018 um, at, at Letterman Row, like, don't expect Zach Harrison to be Chase Young. Like, he did not know how to play football mm-hmm. until his sophomore year at Ohio State. And so he was a big, freaky athlete who could do a lot of things. But I watched him in high school against teams that were significantly less athletic than him and beating him because he wasn't sure what to do with his body. And I love that he's had the four years to develop. And I wish he would take the fifth year, honestly, because Ohio State could sure use it uh, in a very sparse defensive end room. But the reality is he has a chance this week to run himself into the first round of the NFL draft. If he goes out there and runs a 4-4-5 or something stupid like that, which he's capable of, he is going to be hard to keep off the first round pick. I mean, because these, you know, you're not going to see like a lot of the three-cone stuff or where he maybe his uh, rigidity goes against him. Uh, you're going to see a kid who's flexible, who's athletic, who's going to run very well. He's strong. Like he, he looked thicker. He looked about two. I don't know. I mean, nobody asked him probably his weight up there. I didn't, I didn't hear it, but he looked in the 270 range, which is where he should be. And he talked about how he feels like he's watching guys like Miles Garrett and, and bigger, longer defensive ends and is trying to emulate some of what they do. And if he can do that and go out and run a sub four or five, he's going to be a late first round pick type discussion someone like the eagles who are replacing some edge rushers at the last pick in the draft are going to have an opportunity to to say hey you know what maybe we can replace hassan reddick two years from now with with this freak you know i think what's interesting about that like we know the track speed and that background that zach harrison had in high school like he's also got and we saw this when we were in florida you got that first kind of look at this process where the guys are not doing pure football stuff. They're not training for that during January and February. They're training to run the fastest they possibly can because this combine has become so out has been given so much outsized importance for just the ability to work out well and not play football. Like this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, but like that suits Zach Harrison more than almost anybody else in terms of raw athleticism. And if you gave him six weeks to say, here's what you're going to do. You're going from here to there. Can you do it in under four five 4.45 and be like yeah sure like that that part's going to be easy for him i I agree and that's that's what i think again if you look at the 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 career in the rear view people go golly why couldn't that have just been harnessed into whatever it it, it will be down the road but that's just not the way it works when you're 19 20 years old like it takes time to get there and that's why it's important to hear zach harrison talk about the younger guys and, and the players that are at ohio state who he raved about the whole room you know the the platitudes of everyone's going to be great everyone wants it but then he mentioned one guy who i think i've mentioned oh, before who was that berm who uh, was that was, person uh, what was his name caden curry who oh. anyone who's ever watched caden curry play football realizes that caden curry is one bad on a football field and it, it's frustrating when we look back at last year and you think i get it you got you got jt Tuomaloa, you got zach harrison you got javante jean baptiste but every time caden curry was on the field he made plays and so it you know that there are guys in the in the locker room when the veterans are constantly talking about someone like at some juncture doesn't that win over the rest of the coaching staff and if it doesn't why doesn't it because you know he's working hard it's not like he's a kid who's just flashing and and, you know he's a, a big braggadocious guy like he's working hard and they see it coaches see it why doesn't it translate to more playing time when it matters because the kid made plays every time he was on the field are you trying to bait me into something right now? No, I'm just trying to say, 
as we look ahead at spring football, you guys, have, you and Bill have already done all the positional breakdowns yeah. and all that. The defensive end group is one that outside of JT Tuomaloa, because Ohio State seems insistent on keeping Jack Sawyer at the Leo, Jack, yeah. Edge, whatever. They just can't do that. They just they really can't do that. Don't do that, Ohio State. Move CJ Hicks over there, please. But <laughs> if they're insistent on that, how much better would you feel about this defensive end group heading into this year if you'd given Caden Curry the snaps that he really deserved a year ago? Now, instead of that, you have Caden Curry, Kenyatta Jackson, and Omari Abor all basically without any important snaps. And I, I just think that that sets up one of the country's toughest schedules puts you really in a bind early in the season, especially when you're going to play a Notre Dame who's going to try to run the ball down your throat in week three. I just think that, I mean, you can't play last year for next year, but there is a point when you have to listen to the guys in your room and say, uh, dude, this guy belongs on the field. Yeah, I, I may botch the number. I think it was 78 snaps for Caden Curry, and they just that just wasn't enough because almost— And how many of those are on special teams? Yeah, almost all of the ones that he got on the defensive line, you he flashed like— Granted, sometimes they're late in games. They're not the toughest matchups. You've worn down offensive linemen, whatever. Like, that's fine. We can make excuses or justify that for anybody. But guys making plays, you see that. And he was the fact that he was also doing that on special teams is pretty significant for somebody playing at his size and at that position. I, there's nothing that can be done to change that now. But the one part that you mentioned, how many coaches does that have to win over? One was making the decision, and I feel like there were 10 or 15 other people in that building who were like, hey, why isn't Caden Curry playing more? And there were other excuses made for that, and we won't go into that maybe until later in his career, but um, nothing that Caden Curry was doing wrong. Yeah. Uh, let me make that point very clear. Uh, but beyond that, as you're planning for the future where you don't have Zach Harris and then Javante Jean-Baptiste leaves for his own reasons, well... Kenyatta Jackson, we've we've barely seen, and Amari Abor dealt with an injury all last year. Um, I thought Zach Harrison's comments on those two were interesting. He talked about Amari Abor first with the athletic potential that he has, and he missed a lot of time, and he talked about him having to try and get it mentally. Uh, I don't think that that's no. a surprise to anybody that that was one of the big challenges there. Um, or at least anybody who has a social media account could probably have gathered that much. Uh, and then with Kenyatta Jackson, I think it was more of a sort of a, I think he's Zach Harrison maybe sees some of himself in that, where mm. it's a, a transition. Similar build. Similar build, long defensive end, understanding that you have great physical gifts, but not knowing how to maximize them on a snap-in, snap-out basis. So those three, if you're talking about more workload for Caden Curry, uh, another spring and another understanding, you know, into that second-year surge perhaps for Kenyatta Jackson, and then a healthy Amari Abor, you're right. Yeah, you're right, Berm. Like I would feel a lot different about that when Bill and I had that conversation. It was kind of like, well, who's going to be yeah. there? Like we, you know, we know who the names are, but it's so inexperienced, and it's a <laughs> because you have a potential first round draft pick leaving. You know, I think that Zach Harrison will wind up being more appreciated when he's gone. I'm going to make a wager. I'm going to put some units on, units? on something. Okay. okay. So. I don't, I've never been here, as I said, but I have watched enough combine stuff and read enough combine interviews in the last few years when you've always been here. Yeah. One thing that always gets talked about or asked about is the, the, Jets. the departing players. Who are the current players to watch, right? Zach Harrison mentioned Caden Curry. I am willing to bet units that when Paris Johnson and Dewan <laughs> Jones are asked about mm -hmm. which defensive ends at Ohio State gave them the most trouble. The first person they will say is JT Tumalo, and the second player they say will be Caden Curry. 
from last season. That's how many units? I, I don't know. However many units you guys want, America. But I think <laughs> it's important to understand that it was not just the guys in the defensive end room yeah. who were impressed by Caden Curry. It was also the pair of first-round pick offensive tackles who hated playing against him in practice because he is a gnat. He is a nuisance. <laughs> and nuisances belong on the football field. So, um, yeah, I mean, for Zach Harrison, big day. I I'm excited to see the rest of this week play out. Um, Cam Brown, obviously, Ronnie Hickman on, on Thursday. Um, you know, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jimmy. There are as, as, as intriguing a group of offen yeah. of offensive players here for Ohio State as you could possibly get. I yeah. mean, uh, top to bottom with CJ and, and the potential to move up. We were talking to some folks when we got here about the Colts seem very, very interested in CJ and what they're willing to do to get him. Um, I think, you know, Bill and I talked about it on Monday's show, but just to underscore it, I think that the conversation around CJ, but also Jackson Smith and Jigba this week is the most interesting storyline, maybe in the entire draft, mm -hmm. because Jackson Smith and Jigba was a clear cut, no doubt, sure thing, first round pick. Mm -hmm. And then he hurt his hamstring and then all of a sudden he can't play football. And I don't understand <laughs> where this idea is or, oh, now he's slow. Or, like he's going to run a four, four, five. He's going to probably be close to breaking the combine record in the three cone shuttle. Like he is that good. And he catches everything <laughs> and he, and he runs routes better than everyone else. Like I, I, and he's six foot one and 220 pounds. Like he's not some all of a sudden, like borderline third round pick. Like I don't, I can't understand where these narratives come from. And I, I guess the thing is, uh, if, as you see the NFL media circling, we're certainly not NFL media. <laughs> they do appear to be fairly self-important. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. Is that, is that an NFL thing? I, I'm <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Perm getting the full combine experience for the rest of the week. Because, I mean, I've been here for like two hours and I, I'm like, man, this, they, they really like the way they are. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, which is cool. Like, hey, man, you do your thing. I yeah. guess the NFL owns sports, so that's the way it works. Um, but, you know, that's what these guys are here for, right? Working to, to impress these people who are impressed by no one but themselves. But you know that Jalen Hyatt can run a really fast I've heard nine that. route. So. I've heard that. That's, that, you should probably take him ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Let him fall to the to the Bengals, please. Um, I would, Ooh. you know, if the Bengals, everyone wants to talk about the Bengals trade and T. Higgins. So like in my mind, I think you should probably move Tyler Boyd and draft Jackson Smith and Jigba instead. You heard it here, first America. That's actually a great plan for the Bengals. Yeah, and Berm has full. He he's interviewing for a job with the Bengals. Yeah, later I'm talking on. to Duke Tobin later um, yeah. about that. So. We'll see. A lot of things for Berm to uh, experience here at the NFL Combine, including uh, the potential to become a self-important Don't NFL you think employee. it'd be cool like, if the NFL teams allowed media members to go through an interview that the players go through just to experience it one time? Yeah. You know, I think it'd be neat. We're going to try. Yeah, why not? That's going to be hopefully part of Dream Chaser. I doubt it, but, you know, we're going to at least give it in our effort. And no, I, mean, I gonna, want them to ask me the Yeah, questions. you're going to get on the whiteboard? Yeah. I don't know that that would go very well. I played Madden three or four times. I just, uh, it's just a flag or a post every time. See, pump, Bill is probably the best of the three of fake. us for that. Yeah, pump, pump fake. fake. Yeah, you got to, you, you draw on the safety and then go over the top. It's easy. Easy. Okay, cool. Anyone can do it. So, yeah, more Buckeyes coming the rest of the week. Uh, Cam Brown, Dream Chaser, working on some access there with that for you all. Uh, and anything else that we hear about more uh, rising Buckeyes from the ones who are Moving on to the NFL level, we'll have that uh, for you at ohiostate.rivals.com. And, of course, here on the podcast, thank you for joining us on The Daily. Hope you have a great Thursday. He's Berm. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you later.